Hello, and welcome to episode number 14 of the DMD Music Factory Podcast. I am David. And I'm Dan. Dan, what are we doing this week? So this week, we are counting down our 10th favorite songs with horns accompanying. Um, so initially, we were saying, oh, we should call it like Touch of Brass or Splash, Splash of Brass. Brass. And then we both realized that saxophones don't count as brass instruments. They sure don't. And count more as woodwinds because they have reeds. But I don't know if that's true. I feel like they're technically both. You know what? So we're going to research this further, and you'll you'll find out when the title comes out for the episode. Somebody knows more about this than we do. I just know that like there's... I think in my head when you said splash of brass, I was just like, oh, yeah, saxophones. I They're not. They're not. But like... There's way more songs with saxophones that we wanted to feature and highlight, and that's way more fun than just like narrowing it down to brass. So even though that was a more clever name, Splash of Brass, I think the horn one or whatever you want to call it, just like not traditional instruments, horn instruments is is way more fun and, and going to deliver some better songs for everybody. So, Dan, what are some of the B-sides that you had for this this episode that uh, that just missed the cut? So some of the songs that missed for me are Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. I mean, probably one of the most iconic uh, horn or saxophone parts that you can think of. Um, by Hull Notes, Maneater, uh, great song, but I feel like the lyrics haven't quite held up as still being okay. Um, also, All Right by Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. off of uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. And I would say the last one that I missed was Memory Loss by Deltron3030. Uh, really cool horn section on that one. Uh, so Nice. Yeah, Dave, what, what were ones that didn't make the cut for you? So um, I'll skip the ones that will kind of give away stuff that's on our list um, and um, say, all right, so Jason by The Midnight is like a synthwave song that's that's more modern. Uh, the National Anthem by Radiohead, Heim's Summer Girl. Um, I've used It's So So Quiet by Bjork in the past, so that couldn't go here. Men at Work, Who Can It Be Now? Um, you Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon, Creep by TLC, Living the Vita Loca by Ricky Martin, um, Every Ska Song Ever, No Reply at All by Genesis, Ring of Fire, Johnny Cash, uh, Go by M83, and Air Aid by Menomina. Those are some of the ones that were close, um, but, but didn't quite make the cut for us. All right, so with that all out of the way, Dan, why don't you kick us off with your first song here? Okay, so my first song uh, is a place that you probably don't expect to hear a lot of horns, which is with a technical death metal song. Uh, This is uh, the song The Silent Life by Rivers of Nile off of their album Where Owls Know My Name. It was released in 2018. So Rivers of Nile is actually from Reading, Pennsylvania, which I didn't know until I looked them up. So they are local dudes, uh, local bros. Uh, this album actually debuted at number 61 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Really? Um, pretty insane, considering it is a technical death metal album, and it is very much a technical death metal record. I mean, it's awesome. It's all kinds of guitar, like the blast beats the whole time. The vocals are super intense and amazing. Uh, but there's also like a lot of layers of like, I would say like atmospheric like leads in it which is pretty cool uh it's not just chug 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 there's like a whole other layer of dude doing like ambient like picked chords over top really really great and then about the three minute mark 
Um, the song takes a dip into like an ambient period, and this absolutely gorgeous saxophone solo comes out. Uh, that's performed by the player's name is Zach Strauss, uh, that also has two other uh, appearances on this record during other songs. But I feel like this is probably his most moving, as it starts with a really slow burny casual low and then really picks up with the tempo of the rest of the song it's not just like an interlude piece like the sax plays with the band and i fucking love it um the album is a huge like concept about the story of the last man on earth and who was made immortal by the planet itself through the conscious seed of light um and is made to be the sole intelligent witness of the death of all things on this earth. Um, uh, it's, I mean, it's a tech death record. So like yeah. there's going to be, you know, it's all going to be about death and decay and existence um, as they generally are. Um, you rarely find technical death metal records that are just about like a breakup or like a girlfriend. It's always about like space travel or like, <laughs> or like, the idea of being able to like achieve like a hyper sleep time movement. Um, it's incredible, but uh, yeah, this, this record fucking rips. It's so good. It is currently at insane values on Discogs. So if you bought this record and you don't love it, you should be putting it up for sale right now. Cause they are dummies are asking astronomical prices for this album. And if you do own a copy, you should play it and enjoy it because this record's great. And if you don't like it, you're a dumb, dumb. And I don't like you. So Dan, Dan, only you would find a death metal band with saxophone. Like I, I, I don't know why I didn't. I'm like I was like kind of shocked when I f- listened to it, and then I'm like, this is not surprising at all. I, <laughs> this is exactly your kind of thing. Yeah, like of course you found this. Yeah, of course, of course you knew about this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So with that, Dave, uh, what is your pick for uh, your fifth favorite song with uh, with horns? All right, staying within the genre, up at five for me is Crazy in Love by Beyonce featuring Jay-Z. <laughs> much, much in the same another, vein. Another technical death metal song. Um, no, this um, this song fucking rules. Like, um, This is... Um, this makes me want to throw on a pair of jean shorts and do that, like, that whole routine. Yeah. Where she's, like, dancing on the empty stage. Yeah. Um, she's a phenomenal dancer. Um, I think the video is just like nonstop her just like dancing in different scenes. Yes, you it's know, great. Great. Um, so this uh, this was actually from the first uh, solo studio album that she put out, um, which like it it's really impressive. But sh- you know, Destiny's Child was also like a massive thing leading up to this. So for for her to have the resources to put this out as, as a solo artist is not not surprising. Um, especially with boyfriend Jay-Z being featured on it. I mean, this is just, like, the best power couple in music, in modern music, like, collaborating for the first time and putting out a, you know, just, like, a fucking pop masterpiece. Like, Yeah, like, what what other, like, what other group would you equate to this as, like, a a power couple in music? Uh, none. Yeah, no. like, like, who else none. could even, like, from before? Like, maybe, like, a, like a Joni Mitchell, James Taylor? Like if it worked out, maybe um, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, but it didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like it not working out is the reason they were so successful. True. Yeah, that's that's exactly how you should look at it. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess they really have no equal. No, they don't. Um, and his uh, his part on this is like is awesome, dude. Like this hottest chick in the game wearing my chain. Yeah, dude. Oh, so good. So um, as is often the case in rap music, this contains a sample. Um, and the horns are sampled from the Shy Lights 1970 song, Are You My Woman, in parentheses, Tell Me So. Um, I can't find, because that was like, the Shy Lights were like, kind of like a, I don't want to say like a Motown-y, like, singing specific group, but like, that's kind of like what it was. They didn't have like a full band that at least like, is not easily available to find, so I don't really, I can't give credit to the, the horn players on this, but... Um, it's from their song. The Shy Lights, I didn't know this, had like 20 top uh, Billboard songs, like in the top 100. Oh, shit. Which is nuts. Um, speaking of, this is, um, this was number one. Um, number one in the US and the UK uh, when it came out. And in 2018, Rolling Stone ranked this as their number one song of the 21st century so far, which is, uh, even though it's Rolling Stone, pretty high praise. Um, it's just a great, fun song. The horns are fantastic. The drum beat is too, like it, where it's like almost like just cymbals for most of it. It's just like when everything drops out. Like that's my favorite part of the song. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just love this song. It's just I didn't, especially after the last episode, like being such a downer about the lyrics. I wanted to bring a little bit more sunshine to the podcast. So <laughs> this is this is how I did it. A lot. Of, I feel like a lot of these like horn songs like are really like. Well, maybe not your death metal song, but like a lot of them hey. lead to like happier sounding songs, and 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 this is just it's just a great song. Like I don't know what else to say. Um, cool. All right. So with that, uh, Dan, what's up next for you? All right. So my next pick for songs with strings. Um, strings. Yep. Songs with horns. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Kanye West off of the album Late Registration in two thousand five. The song is called Touch the Sky. Um, it's produced by Just Blaze and is the only song on this record that was not also produced by Kanye West. Just came to him with this and said, this is the beat you need to use. And Kanye 100% immediately agreed. Um, it is sampled off of Curtis Mayfield's Moving On Up. Oh, yeah. Or Move On Up. Yeah, Moving On Up. Curtis Mayfield's Move On Up. Um is where all the horns come from. Uh, it's You can hear some of the parts in the lyrics are still kept in in certain parts uh, from the original Curtis Mayfield uh, track. It also is the professional first appearance of Lupe Fiasco. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, that this was the first real like song he was on outside of... If you know Lupe Fiasco, he used to do mixtapes and everything like that. Uh, oh, yeah. Most famously for me was uh, Lupe the Gorilla, where he would sample Gorilla songs and then it ended with this great like two minute spoken word thing of like please do not sue me like <laughs> i didn't make any money off of this like i'm just a lonely like rapper trying to get my name out there please don't sue me and then he did and then he did just get his name out there I mean, he did get his name out there no they didn't sue him uh allegedly damon alburn thought it was pretty great and enjoyed it very much good um so decided not to sue him even though i guess at that point that's not really up to damon alburn uh, that would generally be the label and the scumbags that work there. Uh, so this song, again, I wanted something just fun and up tempo and like not too like with a lot of the songs I was looking at, like the horns were almost getting lost in like the boom bap of like the hip hop production. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I feel like they're very much more 
horn forward. Like, it's the main part of the beat. It's not just, like, a little horn running through the background. It's like, no, man, fuck that. Like, yeah, it never this drops is great. out, really. Like, throwing these old, like, 70s, 80s, uh, throwing these old 70s and 80s disco tracks with these incredible horn sections from these, like, 12 piece bands. And, you know, the classic, uh, even though not produced by him, but the classic, uh, I miss the old Kanye rip up the soul Kanye. Uh, that is exactly what this song kind of is. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, I, I didn't want to give it away during the B-sides, but I had to move on up on my list originally, too. And I had Kanye's uh, All of the Lights. Both of these are great songs. This is like, this is such a great Kanye record. I mean, it's amazing. This was, I mean, to follow up College Dropout with Late Registration. I mean, this was... This is arguably his best period for a lot of people. Um, yeah, this is when he this is when he became like a superstar. Yeah, this is this is where he cut his teeth and made or not cut his teeth. This is where he really made his name. Yeah, um, with some of these songs, and like this song, the lyrics are so good. It's just all about like how he made it and how he wants you to make it, and how you're gonna be where he is someday. You just need to have a little faith. Uh, and it's got like so many great lyrics, like. Uh, any pessimists, I ain't talk to them. Plus, I have no phone in my apartment. Um, that's like fucking great. Like, he's yeah, that's like only Kanye could rhyme like that too. Yeah, I feel like yeah. And I mean, he like references his other songs, like references Jesus walks on here. Mm-hmm. Um, says I'm trying to write my sins, but my sins are what got me here. <laughs> like, or writing about my sins is what got me here. So like, it's I mean, it's great. I think like if you're if you're between the ages of like twenty. 8, 29 and 34 35 like you know every lyric to this record yeah i mean if if college dropout came out when you were 16 to 20 like then you you can't be like no fuck kanye west he's the worst yeah like no, those no. those first three records are so fucking good they were probably on at every college party you went to at forever yeah man yeah, like, like they were always always on they're so good they were brilliant and like you know Oh, why don't you write a song for the kids? Like drug dealing just to get by. <laughs> and then like that, like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I told you to sing a song for the kids. Like, you're a piece of shit, man. Why would you do this? So good. Um, and then like get them high off the first out. Like, uh. It's so yeah. We don't need to go too much further into that. So yeah. <laughs> Kanye West is great. I think his mental illness recently is tough. And I hope that he gets the help he needs and I hope that he gets better people around him that care about him and less about how much he can do for them so that he can kind of right the ship a little bit because this guy, I mean, this guy wrote probably three of the best hip hop records in the last 25 years. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is like him trying to be different. I don't know, man. Like some of the the shit's like. Like the regular, the regular dickhead Kanye stuff, I always thought was the best. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really funny. Or not even funny, but like, it was inter. It made him interesting. It's like Tom yeah. Cruise and Scientology. Like if Tom Cruise didn't have Scientology, no one would give a fuck about Tom Cruise. Especially now. Yeah, yeah. but like he's part of this crazy asshole religion, so it's amazing. And you're like, oh man, what kind of crazy goofy shits he gonna do next? Yeah, it's like it's like deciding to play the heel in wrestling. Like, yeah, you know, you're like you're doing it because you know people are gonna pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. To see what you do next. It's so much more interesting than just being like the oh I'm the good guy. Like, who gave a shit about Mel Gibson before he went off the rails? 
Um, anyway, this might get cut. It might not. One might leave it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, Dave, with that, uh, what is your pick for uh, Songs with Horns? All right. Up next for me is Army by Ben Folds 5 off of their album, um, the unauthorized biography of Reinhold Messner from 1999. I hate you um, so much for taking this. You song. know what, buddy? You did this to me a couple times, and actually, kind of. Oh no! I mean, I was gonna use a Kanye. I song. think I'm most mad because I didn't even think of this song. Well, that's like the second we decided to do side one, track one, and you were like, "Oh, of course, I'll do Never Meant by American Football." Like, I didn't even have a second to think about it, and you had already <laughs> thrown it on there. I was like, motherfucker. I'm even madder because I had a full week to think about this. And oh, and, and let's not, I, don't I, even get me started on when you stole Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana from me. <laughs> All right, so we're still not even. I still get to take one more. Um, yeah, this song's great. I mean, Ben Folds 5, a, another one of those, like, Ben Folds and Ben Folds 5, like, people our age, this was, like, this was everywhere for us when we were growing up. And this song is um, just one of his best i think and the horns don't really come in until the end but um it's definitely like a driving part of the melody on the second half of the song um and you asked me earlier if i was going to use the live version from ben folds live but obviously that's horns that's really it's really cool how he does it in, in ben folds live and if you haven't heard that live album it's it's amazing um he he gets the audience like split in half and it'll have half of them do, because the horns overlap. So yeah, we'll have like, half of them do one part, and then the other half do the other part. Yeah, he's like, you guys are the trumpets, and you're the trombones. Right, yeah. And and it's it's awesome, and the, and the audience does it, and it sounds great, uh, at least on the, the CD version. Yeah. Which I heard, man, um, how many days are in the school year? Like 150-something, maybe 200? I think like 180. Something right like now. that. So. Yeah. Senior year of high school, um, my friends Matt and John Pilquist uh, were driving to school every day, and I think they only had one CD in their car, and it was Ben Folds Live. I swear <laughs> to God, we listened to that CD every fucking day. And you'd think that you'd get sick of it, but I don't think I ever did. It's no, great. Yeah. I, I own that. Uh, I have a vinyl copy of that record that I oh, bought you? in probably 2008, 2009, when I first started, uh, right around when I first started collecting records. And like the the fucking value on that thing is like stupid now. Like wait, it, really? Yeah, it's 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 great. Uh, but I've probably it's oh man, I love that record so much. I've probably listened to that more than a lot of records I've purchased since. Um, I love that album so much, man. Like that live record's great. It really is. It's one of the best live records ever put out. Um, it's yeah he's he's just such a talent i mean obviously he's one of the best piano players ever great songwriter great singer um i just love this song man it's just it's like a goofy i don't know if this is like how he actually grew up like talking to his dad and having the band break up and stuff like that yeah, around I think him it's and a- reforming without him but like it's still so fucking cool i think he was he was perfect um I think I I draw a lot of parallels to Ben Folds and the Mountain Goats in the sense okay. that I think they're both really good at also like injecting a little bit of humor yes. into what they're doing. Whereas Ben Folds will write whole songs that are like goofy and funny. And but like just that little bit, like this song about like, you know, grew a mustache and a mullet and got a job at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. 
or citing like, artistic differences. The band broke up in May. Yeah, or just opening with like, you know, so I thought about the army. And my dad said, son, you're fucking high. It's like how <laughs> the song like opens. It's amazing. Like, it's just like, it's such a funny little bit, but then it's really just about, it's a song about thinking about how his life could have gone another direction. Right. Yeah, like what true. if he actually did that shit? Yeah. You know, what if he actually signed up when, like, especially with when, you know, you know, Ben Folds being a man in his mid to late twenties in the nineties definitely would have been sent to desert storm. You know what I mean? Had that happened would have been, you know, would have found himself in Bosnia or somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, so I think the reflection of that is probably even stronger of like, Jesus man, like how would my life be Yeah. if I had decided to sign up then? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild to think about. Cool. All right. Um, Dan, what do you have up next for us? All right, so here I got another another fun little up-tempo jam here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my next pick is David Bowie's Modern Love off of Let's Dance, which was released in 1983 and produced by the incredible Nile Rodgers of Chic. Um, that David Bowie, deciding that his period of like experimentation was coming to a close, wanted to do something a little more commercially successful and just a little more, I think, a little more fun. So, Enlist Nile Rogers, uh, you know, knew Chic, knew some of the other records he had produced, and chose to work with him and made arguably, uh, or not even arguably, um, this is still David Bowie's best selling album. And this song hit number 14 on the Billboard Top 200, which is one of the highest uh, ranking songs David Bowie had, uh, coming in second only to China Girl, uh, which also is on this album, uh, which. I didn't choose that song because it's racist and sucks, but I don't like China Girl. I don't like that song. It sucks. Um, but <laughs> this song is awesome because it also has a big badass sax solo and whole horn section behind it, uh, which is super sick. So on this song, the three sax players are Robert Aaron, Stan Harrison, and Steve Elson. But this album is also famous for a little-known tidbit that some people might not know, is that uh, the lead guitar on this album is Stevie Ray Vaughan, yep. uh, who David Bowie found and enlisted for this record after seeing him perform at the Swedish Blues Pop Festival, where people booed him. People um, booed Stevie Ray Vaughan. People booed him because they didn't think what he was doing was good. They didn't like his bastardization of Texas... of his Texas version of the bastardization of American blues. The people in Sweden thought that. Yep. They weren't about it. They hated it. Okay. Uh, really funny. David Bowie, like he was there with, uh, God, I can't remember the, I guess I should have had the name for the story, but like they watched and watched him perform and watched people boo him. And they were like, this guy's fucking brilliant, man. I've never heard anything like this. Um, so yes. Uh, so another thing is, uh, Nils Rogers, Nile Rogers was pissed at Bowie because he got the cover of Time Magazine after this record came out. And they're all about, you know, Bowie's back. Oh, David Bowie's back. Everybody look. And in the entire article, he doesn't name Niles at once. Not once. Mentions his name during the entire article. And he was really pissed off about that for a long time until they had David Bowie present him with an award at the, um, what's it called? The, uh, the Grammys one year. And he introduced him as the only man who could convince me to start a song with a chorus, referencing the song Let's Dance. 
Um, and he's like, he's a brilliant man and the only person that could ever convince me to do something that stupid. And I thought that was always very funny. And also, uh, here's a little here's a little shot at Dave's boy uh, uh, on this. Don't um, do it. Despite the massive success of the album Let's Dance, it began a period of low creativity for Bowie. Uh, he felt that he had to pander his music to his newly acquired audience from this album and write more dancey songs, which led to the follow-up albums Tonight and Never Let Me Down, which, if you're a David Bowie fan, you know those records are shit. Uh, and they would be critically dismissed by just about every uh, news outlet. He would later reflect poorly on the period that began with Less Dance, referring to it as his Phil Collins years. The level of disrespect, Dave. Uh, yeah, I can taste it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's palpable. But I th- I love this song. I love the big giant saxes that come in at the end of this. I mean, it's incredible. I also love uh, just the got a man. I don't believe in modern love. Like it's mm-hmm. just a great lyric. Uh, the chorus is great. I feel like the verses, the lyrics are like awful. Um, but <laughs> it's a really fun song and. I don't typically like a lot of music that sounds like this, nor do I love this period of David Bowie, but I, I fuck with let's dance. Like I like this record, China girl be damned. Uh, the rest of it, let's dance is a fun track. Modern love is probably in my top 10 David Bowie songs. Oh yeah. Uh, for how much I like this song. So I had to throw it on the list if we're talking about horns. And then also, uh, this song also came to me and remembered it. Because there used to be, I guess it's still available on YouTube. You can watch it called oh, the AV Club Undercover. I was going to mention this if you didn't. And so on the AV Club Undercover, what they would do is they would choose 20 songs every season. And as bands come in, you get to choose from the list as you get there. So if you're later in the season, you get less songs to choose from. Right. They cross them off so you can't. So do they them cross twice. them off so you can't choose them once somebody else has already performed them. And they had the band Lucero come in, who is traditionally a like alt country band, uh, really thick voice singer, really kind of gravelly classic, like Big Hammond, Oregon and everything. And they came in and they were like, oh, we figured why not do Modern Love, especially we got a fucking sax player with yeah. us. So like we might as well rip this. And they performed it. It's fantastic. It's a great cover. Yeah, they absolutely killed it. Um, you should definitely watch the series. There's a lot of amazing covers that happen on there. There's some that are like goofy as fuck, and they're really good. Like Guar doing Fortunate Son is amazing. <laughs> Guar has a couple on there, don't they? They do. They've been on there for a few seasons. It's great. Yeah. Uh, they have the Mountain Goats doing Boxcar by Jawbreaker. Um, Father John Misty doing uh, Do You Realize by... Uh, the Flaming Lips, like there's so many great covers on there. Uh, definitely check that out. So yes, Dave, uh, with that, what is your next pick for Songs with Horns? All right. Up next for me is Careless Whisper by George Michael. There's no way in hell you can have a list with with horns in it and not include this song. It is the most beautiful saxophone melody maybe ever. I'm, I'm, I might say that. Um, so I think everybody probably knows this song. Um, it's fantastic. So, ooh, wait, fantastic is your thing, right? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Sorry, I keep doing that. Um, so something interesting I found out about this song when when I was researching it. Did you know that this song actually was a Wham song originally? Like, obviously George Michael was in Wham, but they released it on a Wham album and then released it again as a George Michael single. Huh. 
So it's really like kind of strange. Like they were kind of like transitioning between labels at that point. But um, but yeah, it originally came out in July 1984 on the Wham album Make It Big, but then was released again as a single for George Michael in, later in the year. Um, so I, I don't know how that happened, but that's really like kind of what what kickstarted his solo career because everything everything else was Wham up until that point. Um, the sax riff is obviously the most famous part of the song it's done by uh steve gregory who is an english um musician so before um before this he had done um some work with fleetwood mac and screaming jay hawkins he's also um one of the two people that does the um saxophone in the song honky talk woman by the rolling stones um and at that point he was kind of like specifically in studios and, and working with with different different artists as part of like a bigger group and then decided to just like in the 80s just decided to like freelance his sax work i guess and um and Dude, that's he's done he, some crazy shit man. yeah and that's played how he, with like fella Kuti. yeah van morrison um yeah he's 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 clearly a well-known well-known studio musician for his sax playing um and yeah, so he he started freelancing, and that's how he got hooked up with George Michael for for the song, and um, and and the rest is history. Is this the song? I think this is the song. Did you ever see that sexy sax man video on YouTube? Yep. Where the guy like just goes into like random. He like puts on like makes like a mullet and a fake mustache and just like goes into a mall and like will stand on tables in the food court and just play this riff, and yep. then just like lay down in the middle of a store and play the riff on a saxophone like. Oh my god! So Whenever good. I think of like a comedic sex scene, this from like a film, this is like, this is the song that plays in my head. Like it's just, <laughs> it's like, it's just such a funny. I don't know, like, like yeah. it's just such an iconic moment. Like, if you were in a room alone with another person and this song immediately came on, like I would just start laughing. Yeah, um, you clearly know what's what's coming next. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> in a movie, we about least, to yeah. bang. Yeah. Um, but like, oh, so also Dave, so on the tour where Ben Folds, uh, recorded Ben Folds live, he was touring with Rufus Wainwright. Oh, really? And there is a video of the concert available somewhere online. I remember seeing it on TV a long time ago. And at that concert, he brings Rufus Wainwright out and they sing Careless Whisper. Oh, really? And it's like incredible. And like, he's like, this is my favorite time. He's like, my favorite part of the show is always when Rufus comes out and we sing Wham songs. And Rufus comes out and he's like, he's like, you know, Ben, you're a way better piano player than you, than me. And I think people don't give you enough credit. You're much better than I am. And Ben Folds goes, yeah, but you're way better looking. <laughs> and he just kind of gives him like a, well, like, yeah. Uh, but it was, it was like a really great moment. And they like killed it. It was a great cover. That's awesome. So um, something else interesting about this, the uh, saxophone part of this song specifically Um Steve Gregory was actually the 11th saxophone player to record solo. <laughs> like, George Michael was so set on getting the exact right sound out of it and right everything. He just wanted it to be perfect. So there, was, there were 10 people that tried it before him before he was like, nope, that's it. That's the one. Cut it and print it. We're done. I'm just picturing, like, a nervous line of guys, like, waiting in the hallway. Yeah, like like the uh, like the casting. Yeah, yeah, like a like casting line. room worth him, like... Yeah. Sitting there and like you just hear like next get out you'll never work again as he throws dudes out of the room and like <laughs> I can't picture George Michael being that mean 
Hopefully oh, he I, wasn't. I absolutely could. I could see him going over the top. Yeah. Screaming yeah. at people. Maybe. I guess everybody's capable. I don't know like too much about him personally. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he was him. like a diva. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen an interview with him. I feel like all the interviews I've seen, he's always like real low key. But like, you That's know, how I picture it. So it was like Whitney Houston. True. Like in all of her interviews, she seems like until like the last few. But like, yeah. She always seems like really nice and somber, and then you're like, holy shit, she smokes crack and stuff. Like, <laughs> and like you would hear from like assistants and stuff that like, oh, she's like awful. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't believe there was 11 people that recorded that, that same sax part until he picked the one. But some people, you know, some people are perfectionists, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, it worked out. And it and it is perfect, so it makes sense that they tried so hard. Cool. All right, so that was my pick. Uh, Dan, what's up next for you? So my second favorite song to feature horns is by a band called Rocket from the Crypt. Uh, this song is called White Belt off of Group Sounds, which is their 2001 album. Um, immediately following them getting dropped from Inmerscope Records, uh, they signed to Vagrant and put out this album. Um, so... This band, uh, originally, the frontman, John Reese, uh, had his two bands, Rocket from the Crypt and Drive Like Jehu, both signed a major label deal with Interscope in the same year, and then immediately both get dropped, <laughs> like, two years later. Um, so this album came out after that drop, when they re-signed to an indie label, and I think is probably one of my favorite records by them. Um, it does also feature their new drummer, as their longtime drummer Adam Willard quit right after they were dropped from Interscope uh, to focus on other avenues and other bands. Uh, but they had a new drummer. They had a uh, what's his name filled in on the record. Uh, John Worsett from Superchunk uh, filled in on a lot of the recording, and then later they uh, signed a drummer named Ruby Morris to help finish the record with them and continue on as their drummer. Uh, but this song. It's really hard to find good punk songs with horns that aren't ska. And I feel like Rocket from the Crypt is that. Where they had this great full horn section that was really exciting and really fun and lends a lot to their sound without it being like goofy, you know, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Um, so I think this is, this is my perfect pick. I love this album. Um, it's... I've kind of an unsung band for me that I think more people need to get into. Uh, I have a few friends that really like them, but I feel like it's it's a band I'd like to see getting more love that really doesn't, uh, especially considering they were from you know late 90s, early 2000s when they put out a lot of their uh, records. So I would hope with the 90s revival, this band would get kind of a push, and I hope that still happens, but it has not yet until just now when I'm pushing them. <laughs> so you need to listen to this band and they're really really great uh, if you like Drive Like Jehu if you like uh, Yank Crime that record from them this band they have easily six great records and I'd say four that are timeless and need to be listened to uh, this being one of them so yeah this was my pick it's a short little quick quick boy uh, so I really don't have too much else to say about it other than you should listen to it and check this band out great so with that dave what is your pick your uh, number two pick for songs with horns yep up at number two for me is sir duke by stevie wonder 
Um, another kind of obvious pick, like Careless Whisper, because it's you know probably one that everyone's familiar with, but um, I had to include it. I just think that technically, the way the, that everyone plays in this song, this is some of the tightest, most impressive horn playing I think I've ever heard. It's it's just a great song, and I, the horn people, the horn people, the people with horns. Um, everybody that plays on this horn song is people. Horn. Um, <laughs> they're just they're clearly talented um, because this technically is a very challenging song for all of them to be playing together um, so this song was written by Stevie Wonder as a tribute to Duke Ellington um, before I think it was after he passed and became a ghost in a little teenager cartoons ad. oh yeah Big Mouth right <laughs> yeah Big Mouth the ghost of Duke Ellington <laughs> the ghost of Duke Ellington um and is, you know, in addition to Duke Ellington, kind of like a tribute from Stevie Wonder to all of the other musicians that really inspired him and, and made him into the musician and made him want to play music the way that he did. So it's it's a cool um, tribute to all of them. And he has a quote where he says, um, I knew the title from the beginning, but wanted it to be about the musicians who did something for me. So soon they are forgotten. I wanted to show my appreciation. And I think he did a very nice job by including like almost you know i think most of the people at least that he references in the song he included some kind of like part of what they did so like he talks about satchmo which is louis armstrong and then has trumpet players on the song so it's cool that he was able to like incorporate um you know his all of his inspirations into like a song yeah um, the throwbacks to those like big band jazz swing yep. groups yep um, and I don't know too much about what else the people that performed on this song did, um, but the trumpets on this were played by Raymond Maldonado and Steve Medea. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, then there was an alto saxophone by Hank Reed and a tenor saxophone by Trevor Lawrence, uh, not the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, that, that's who it is. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Good for him. That's impressive since that's before he was born. Yeah. Um, oh, he, uh, Trevor Lawrence also, um, worked on the Pointer Sisters song, So Excited, which is impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great song. Um, yeah, um, again, like, just n nothing, like, too deep in the lyrics. It's just a tribute to where he came from and, and all the people that inspired him. And if you just listen to the horns, you'll be blown away by how incredibly talented and tight these people are playing together on the song. I think, too, I was watching... They always do those roots picnics on Fourth of July every year in Philly, yep. and some. Um, I think it was like the Philharmonic or somebody was covering this, and it was, it was not as tight as it is on this song. Let me say, <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard to be as talented as all these people. Um, yeah, so not, not not too much to dive in here too. Uh, in this one, just just a beautiful song with, with really talented players. All right, Dan, what do you have up for us at number one? All right, so number one from me is uh, this is an artist from Philadelphia. I mean, I guess now they're a little split in where they're where they're operating out of. But uh, when I saw them and they started as a Philadelphia-based band, um, this band is called Kara Kara. The album is called Summer Megalith. It was released in 2017, and the song is called Oh Brother. Um, this is an album that was. Recorded in, uh, I don't remember the, it's like Metalworks. It's some studio in Philly. It doesn't matter. 
but this album is co-produced by Jake Ewald from Modern Baseball um, with a saxophone solo that is played by an artist named Will Shade. Um, and it's, it's, it's like exquisite, man. It's incredible. So I saw this band perform. Uh, they had a EP release that they were uh, a friend's band, uh, Eamon's band, Holy Pinto, was playing the show. They were opening for them while he was on tour out from Milwaukee. And it was at Everybody Hits in uh, Northern Liberties, uh, which is a batting cage during the day that has shows at night. And I had never really heard Cara Cara. Uh, I went with a friend who had like helped them record some of their EPs and stuff in the past and demo some of their songs who told me, you got to check them out. They're so fucking good. So we went and saw them and Eamon's band was great. They were amazing. He had like a horn player with him too. This woman who was playing saxophone and, uh, or saxophone trumpet and keyboards who like was great. Uh, they were incredible. And then this band came on, man. And I, having never seen them or heard them before, uh, they started their set and they played through a couple songs and I was like, wow, this band's really good. They sounded really good. They were really tight. The mix was really good. And it was a guitar player, singer, a bass player, a drummer, and a guy with a Wurlitzer organ, uh, which if you know anything about those, they weigh like 400 fucking pounds. Yeah. So this dude <laughs> hauled this thing in here. Um, and then I didn't see that there was a sax player getting ready to play. And this song came on. They started playing this song. And at about the halfway point, this kid fucking wails this sax solo out. That Dave, it like took my breath away. I was I was shook. Still to this day, if I put this song on when I'm driving in my car by myself, I get fucking goosebumps. It's so good. And it like it's um it's so perfect. It's such a great solo. And it comes in this big post-rock like Everything starts booming, and then he just shreds. It's perfect. I I can't say enough about it. I'm even going to get slightly quiet as it comes in here while we're listening. Like, I can sing every part of this solo in my head. Like, I know it so well. It's so fucking good. Everybody needs to know this band. They have this album and then an EP after. uh, And I hope that they make another record now that quarantine's over. Because they are brilliant, brilliant songwriters, and I'd love to hear more from them. What's the song? Is it better? Or is, it, is it just called Better? The song? Oh, yeah. Knew me better. Yep. That song is incredible. Yeah, the yeah, song Better cool. was off their follow-up EP. But that was from the EP after. Yep, this. that was the okay. EP after. Yeah, um, that song is really good. They're they're fantastic, and I feel like this was a record that should have gotten more attention when it came out in 2014, because I feel like. If you're a fan of like a band like Foxing or like Me Without You or some of those like or even like Antlers bands that are kind of pushing what Indian emo could potentially be, that I think this is a band that you should check out. Um, they don't have like a ton of monthly listeners, and that makes me sad. And I think it should change. Um, so hopefully, more of you guys will check this band out and see what they're like because i feel like this is a band that just needs to be bigger this record and the solo is so good um so yeah with that uh dave what is your number one pick for a song with horns all right up for number up at number one for me 
is They Reminisce Over You, T-R-O-Y, by Pete Rock and CL Smooth off of their album, Mecca and the Soul Brother. This is um, probably the best use of horns in hip-hop music that I could think of ever. Um, this is one of my favorite rap songs of all time. This record is is pretty much flawless front to back. It's one of the most important like early 90s hip-hop rap albums. Um, there's there's a lot of great things you can say about these these guys together and and this album and this song is is probably their most recognizable from it. It's um, it's amazing. And the and the saxophone is is a big part of the song. Um, so this uh, P Rock wrote this song after uh, one of his friends passed away, unfortunately, um, at a very young age, and he was just like really depressed and like just trying to like keep his head up and, and do stuff. And he found this uh, this record um, by Tom Scott, um, who was a saxophone player, and. This song that is sampled in this is a cover of a song called Today by Jefferson Airplane that Scott does on that record. And it's a it's just kind of like a quick part in the song, but um, he found um, he found while listening to this entire Tom Scott album that it was really kind of like helping him get through the you know this this rough point in his life. Um, and so he was just like playing it for friends and they were all like, holy shit, this is awesome. And he ended up using it on what's probably the most popular song that he ever wrote. Um, so lyrically, this is a song kind of just like about him growing up and like different people that he would interact with. Um, talks about like how he was raised by a single mom and like, you know, different relatives and friends and stuff that he was interacting with. Um, it's, it's a fantastic like i said early 90s rap song and it, um is just you know there's there's not many rap songs with with horns in them so it's it's cool to be able to use one here and this um this also happens to be one of my favorite rap songs ever i think this was used in a in a madden game too so i think people probably recognize it from there oh really yeah i think it was it was either madden or like mlb the show like one of the one of the bigger sports games probably madden um yeah, it's it's cool. It's also weird, like at least to me, that like a cover of a Jefferson Airplane song would inspire somebody to write a great rap song. But <laughs> that's you know that's the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> it's the way she goes, boys. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, if you haven't ever listened to Pete Rock and CL Smooth and this album, it's really cool. They do like you know every song uses a sample of something, but it also uses like a transitional sample. So, like, the end of one song will, will start playing a sample that transitions you for the first, like... So maybe, like, the last five seconds of one song will pick up for the first five seconds of the next song, and it'll be a sample that doesn't get used again ever ever in the record. So it's really cool. There's, like, all these, like, really... Like, you were talking about earlier, like, these early, like, big, like, funk or, like, uh, other kinds of, you know, bigger bands that were... Maybe, like, soul or funk bands from, like, the 60s and 70s that were playing these, like, much bigger sounds, and they, like cut up these like little samples in between each song it really makes the album like flow in a cool way that i don't know that i've really heard anybody do since which is something that makes this one or has always made this one stand out to me um so definitely give this one a listen it's it's a popular song but the um the other songs on this this record like the basement and lots of lovin are are also fucking great too so um 
I, I can't recommend this record enough to anybody who hasn't heard it before. Yeah, man, I'm definitely, I'm, I am a person that is hearing this for the first time. I didn't know this record at all. And it's fucking great, man. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, it's, it, like, I think being in a video game kind of, like, took it into more people's homes, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah. Um, but, but before that, I think this is, like, a, kind of, like, a more obscure, you know, people that aren't, like, I don't want to say, like, more casual hip-hop fans, but, like, it's, they don't get talked about, like, they, Pete Rock still puts stuff out, but it's, I think it's all solo now, um, but, like, it just doesn't get brought up ever. Like, people don't really talk about this record too much. So, not quite as, like, under the radar as, as what you're describing with Kara Kara, but there's definitely a lot a lot here that I would like people to check out. Yeah, man. Cool. All right. So, that was our list. Um, tell us um, what you all think. What What are some songs that we missed? Um, this yeah. is probably another one where we... We probably left out a few that are we're gonna you know kick ourselves for forgetting, but I definitely just thought that we we a hundred percent forgot to mention Superman by Goldfinger. Oh yeah, and I feel like that is tragic. Well, you know, there's if we do a top songs from video games, that'll be number one oh, for yeah. both of us. There's like, do you consider them ska? Yeah. So like, there's a lot of ska songs that but could that's be in like here. the one that I can tolerate. Yeah, I'm not. We're neither of us are big big ska guys. We weren't like you know um, checker pattern vans kind of kids growing up. So, but any yeah. So yeah, ska just was never either of our favorite genre. So there's a like um, they all have horns in them every song. So yeah. Oh, you know who else? Um, your one of your favorites. Um, Jeff Rosenstock was in a kind of a ska band, the Arrogant Sons of uh, Arrogant Sons of Bitches, I think. Yes. Yeah. And they, uh, he also re-recorded his last record no dream um during quarantine called ska dream oh, okay. that he added horns and ska to it so just reimagine the entire album as a ska record did we we saw um the arrogant sons of bitches play it like a y one time in like delco i think it was Jesus. it was nuts like the, it was absolutely packed too like they they should not have had that show there but it was fun as fuck nice yeah it's cool all right, so yeah, like like we said, um, let us know what what we missed. I'm sure there's plenty, um, and what you thought of of, of our choices. Um, so hit us up on social media, um, Dan. Tell everyone where they can find us. All right, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under at D and D Music Factory. That's the letter D, the letter N, and the letter D again, followed by Music Factory. Uh, you can find me personally at at lukewarm Steve Austin. On Instagram and Dave at at DF Hughes Jr. on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, if you'd like to hear this week's songs without any of our witty banter or input, uh, the weekly playlist can be heard on Spotify. Search under D&D Music Factory for playlists and you can subscribe to make sure you get notified when the list comes up each week. All right. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.